Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety. This week I'm pleased to have with me Ava Blackwell. She's an actress, a stunt woman, an occasional bassist, a former nerd person, and just a really fun person to talk to. We talk about her time at Prague Film School and some weird auditions in the Czech Republic. We also talk about her project The Bulldog Effect, her movie Excelsis, about female MMA fighting. We also discuss her role in Star Trek Discovery. It's a really fun interview. She's a blast. Give her a follow at Ava Blackwell on social media, A-V-A-A-H-B-L-A-C-K-W-E-L-L. And please subscribe, rate, and review, and share all the episodes. You can check out merchandise at performanceanx.threadless.com and follow us on social media at performanceanx on Twitter and Instagram. Please welcome to the show, Ava Blackwell. <laughs> so Ava Blackwell was on my podcast. She's in Toronto. You better you, get you, on here. Uh, she's got neck muscles you wouldn't believe. <laughs> You're not using the video, are you? No. You're just using the, okay, just audio. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Well, I appreciate you joining me tonight. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh gosh, my pleasure. Uh, your your the name of your podcast. And I checked you out on Instagram and stuff. Cool. Um, performance anxiety. It's like we we all have it at some point, like at some point or another, or we deal with it chronically, or we don't. It's just like what you do with that emotional risk like do you take that risk to push through that anxiety or not and how does it pay off that would be kind of how i i approach this exactly exactly and uh, yeah. it's like i said it's real casual and, and it's funny that the podcast started out more about that and it ended up it's it's ended up becoming more about just really funny interesting stories that most people don't get to hear about the, the weird behind the That's scenes cool. stuff so it's kind of morphed cool. since i named it so it's not exactly about how not every and, and some of the shows are more focused towards what the guest has done to overcome uh anxiety and and, and fear to get to this level of success they're at currently and others it's hey man i got a bunch of weird stories of stuff that happened on tour you want to hear them and I'm like, yeah sure so, yeah, cool, man. Cool. So yeah, well, let's just let's flow and see what happens. Let's have a conversation. Cool. So thank you so much for joining me this evening. I do oh. appreciate your time. You seem like you're a very busy person. Thanks. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I mean, I like to be busy, but more than being busy, I like to be productive and just committed to this crazy lifestyle that I've decided to embark on. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. It's you do quite a number of things here. I've been looking at your 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 press kit and you're reading your bio, and so you're an actress, a stunt person, and what am I missing? I know I'm missing something. Well, that's basically it. Like I, I focus my my creative energy and my um like my. My overall energy goes towards being an actor and being a stunt former. But if I find stories that I think are worth telling, that I want to put my energy behind, then I come on in a producerial manner. Okay. So I can also act as sort of like an associate producer or sometimes in the role for smaller productions as an EP to just help get stories told and help get stories made. Oh, wonderful. Now, it, yeah. Did I read correctly that you've also done modeling? 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that just comes from the fact that I'm five foot eleven and uh, <laughs> I'm athletic, so I happen to be thin and I won some sort of genetic lottery, although on the inside I'm just I'm like <laughs> I'm a total geek. So but people want to put me on the runway occasionally. So so I uh, yeah, I, I have had a pretty um I've been blessed with a pretty successful career as a model too. So how did, what came first, acting, modeling, stunt work? Uh, it was always acting. You know, ever since I was a kid, uh, I was always doing performances for my parents. It was like a way that I could connect with my parents through this crazy time because they divorced and whatever. Like, that's many people in my generation. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm a product of divorce and military parents, but very loving parents still. Good. Um, but, you know, like I, my dad would be away on exercise and he would come back in a way that we would like sort of connect with each other as I would just do some sort of crazy performance. I had this weird character called Nerd Person. I would go upstairs and find all these. Yeah, I know. I was the, cra- I was the qu- quintessential like crazy kid. That's like, awesome. My dad would, yeah, my dad would be like, you know, just going, unpacking his army rucksack and stuff. And I would sneak away and find like, I don't know, the nerdiest pair of pajamas and maybe like an old reindeer or like Christmas, those Christmas like headbands. Oh, the head, with, with, the, the, with the antlers on them and stuff? Yeah, 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 with yeah. the antlers. And he got, he got me like this voice mutator microphone that just followed us around oh, to every man. house that he moved to. And I would go grab them all. It would be like July. And I'd come down and be like, it's nerd person. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And I would just run around like a crazy kid. And it would always break the ice between my dad and I when we were reconnecting. So it would just bring a big smile to his face and we'd laugh and I could relax and he could relax. And so that that's really where it was born from. And I just was cursed with this desire to be an actor and entertain people. So so it grew That's, out of love. Out of love, but also maybe a little bit of this performance anxiety or social anxiety, you know? Maybe. Like, just wanting to get back to my dad. I'm like, I know how to break this. Nerd person. Family connection. Nerd person's out. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So... We get the dog involved, too. Oh. oh that, it, all right. Did Is any of this recorded? Any videos of this? pictures. I have pictures somewhere. Like, I'm gonna... I, I should really get this up on my social media somewhere. There are pictures. My sister Mick is really good at archiving this stuff. So, Mick, if you're listening, if you can find pictures of Sabian and I as nerd person and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, I would call great. Sa- Yeah, like, a- Sabian was a dog. He was my um, sidekick, and I would call him Butt Baby. Oh, uh, nice. What, how, know, now, how big? I can't believe I'm admitting this, but yeah. How uh, big so was Sabian? What kind of dog Sabian was Sabian was like a husky German Shepherd mix. Oh, wow. So he was pretty big. Nice I could and fluffy, him like too. a pony, much to his, uh, <laughs> his, <laughs> his disagreement, <laughs> but uh, I could. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, right. make sense pics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. I got to see these. So, you went to uh, you get you ended up moving around a lot as a kid, and tell me a little bit about how you re- you started getting into acting around uh, the time you started thinking about college. Is that right? Well, more seriously, I got into it from the time I was thinking about college because I realized that it was the thing I was most passionate about. It was the reason. I would show up to school sometimes. I was a good student. I was usually on the honor roll and all those other things. And I would, 
you know, like pretty happily go to class and study. I like to learn. But honestly, the only reason I showed up to school most of the time was either for band practice. I was part of a marching band. Oh, my kids are all in the marching band. Yeah, I was in a marching band. I was in a jazz band. I was in the marching band. I was in the orchestra. What instrument? uh, Oboe and then uh, tenor saxophone and jazz sax, uh, baritone saxophone. Oh, wow. Tenor sax in the jazz band and baritone saxophone in the marching band. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So I was like uh, simultaneously applying to music schools and film schools because I was kind of undecided. I mean, either way, I was destined for a life of artistry um but i wasn't i was <laughs> i just something creative let fate decide yeah i just kind of let fate decide which one and i got accepted to prague film school and i was um when i was living in germany with my dad right, and so and so that was after you went to the netherlands yeah right? oh my gosh yeah you have done your research okay. yeah i went to the netherlands i took a gap year um in high school in grade 11 i uh had applied to be a Rotary Youth Ambassador, which is with the Rotary Club. Uh, And they're an international organization that is uh, set up to, like, just basically help the world and help with international relations between different countries and encourage people to get to know each other because they believe that when you know a person, when you have memories with uh, with a person of another culture or whatever, that it helps to... They are all about service above self and helping to garner good relations between different countries. And they believe that if everybody spent a year or even like six months in another country, that there would be no war. And actually one of their goals was to eradicate uh, polio within 20 years. And they set out to do that in, I believe, 1995. And I just got the email last week saying it happened. So they... They met their goal. They helped to eradicate polio through fundraising. And it was like through a bunch of different countries and initiatives that came together. So, Oh, that's awesome. But Rotary, congratulations. You guys did it. That is fantastic. So, so what were you doing in the Netherlands? Just kind of hanging out and talking with people? I mean, what, what, do, you get, what do you have to yeah. do when you're an ambassador? So I was 17, uh, 17 to 18, and I lived with four different Dutch families. Thank you for taking me in that were all affiliated with the Rotary Club uh, in some way. Either they were members or the parents of another child that had been sent on exchange. And uh, I went to school, one of the local schools. And then I spoke to different organizations around the Netherlands uh, about international relations between Canada and the Netherlands. And I learned the language, I learned about the culture, and then essentially I just had to do reports about what I found, like the pros and cons about Dutch culture and like things I discovered about myself and about the culture and different values, how my values were shaped over the year there. And it was a, it was an incredibly positive year. It wasn't like in retrospect, it was one of the most informative years of my life. Oh, wow. Well, that sounds like a great experience. So, and I know there's rotary clubs throughout the U S and Canada. So, uh, Sounds like a, a, a wonderful organization to get involved with. I would highly recommend anybody that has any interest in doing any sort of humanitarian work, interpersonal work, business networking, anything to get involved with their local Rotary Club because you do it all in one go. And you may like, end up in the Netherlands. Like, I, I'm always happy to plug Rotary in whatever I do because they're just a great organization. Like, I actually recently in 2016, we did a charity fundraiser with them here in Toronto. Okay. I helped to organize 
and we did it at the National Club just down on Bay Street here in Toronto. And we raised something like $3,000 for a local uh, arts community called oh, Sketch wow. Toronto. Oh, cool. And it was from it's for marginalized youth to help them get involved with the arts, to show them different opportunities and uh, allow them to have different outlets where they can express themselves. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful. So, and so you moved on from that to participating in the Prague Film School's Acting for Film program. Yeah. How did that so, happen? Yeah. Okay. So I was living in Germany with my father, who was posted there, uh, and my stepmom and, and brother and sister. And I had been applying to different film schools around and music schools. Like I said, I was applying to both. Okay. Just letting fate decide. And <laughs> I wasn't sure if I wanted to be... I was equally interested in being a cinematographer and an actor. Like I loved both. I loved essentially working behind the camera and in front of it. And I loved the world of cinematography as well. Um, And Prague film school, which is a division of FAMU had a pilot program for acting for film and nowhere else at the time, nowhere else in Europe was really offering a specialized program in acting for film and it included all of the classical foundational training for theater that a lot of the great schools offer like they offered training in Brecht and Lecoq and Stanislavski all that foundational training okay along with um teachers from the U.S. from Hollywood from New York uh some from Canada Montreal and then also from Russia, from the Czech Republic, from England, uh, for film training as well. So it was like this amazing program that just gave you amazing chops for acting for both stage and screen. Specializing in screen, but we also, like, through that film school, I was uh, brought on to the Prague Shakespeare Festival. Oh, wow. It was like, yeah. And so I applied to that to that. Uh, program and i was accepted i was one of 10 actors selected from around the world to participate in that program that is amazing Do you have any idea how many apply to that program uh, there was a lot there was a lot that applied i didn't realize how competitive it was it was uh, like when we walked in they like treated us like we were the gods i didn't even know it seemed it seemed quite <laughs> easy for me i was like was this as easy for everybody else as it was for me but like <laughs> uh, um but uh, no, apparently, like, it was a very rigorous um, audition pro- process that took months and months and months for most people. But oh, wow. for me, it was, like, pretty easy. Like, I sent in my application, and the head of the school called me, and then I was, like, before I knew it, I was on a plane to Prague. Like, I sent in my stuff, sent in my portfolio, and I was on a plane to Prague. That is crazy, man. Uh-huh. So insanity. Yeah, so it, it's... Almost like maybe it was supposed to happen. Yeah, I think it was. It was It was another very informative year. Um, and this year, like that year in Prague was more... That was my first year living without much structure to my home life and more structure to my educational life. Like it was the opposite of Rotary where like I had to figure out how to fend for myself in the world, but my education was structured. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it wasn't like, yeah, yeah. Like I had no living situation set up. I just like kind of flung myself over to 
Central Europe, and I was like, I'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go to Central Europe. We'll just figure it out when we get there. It's, it's... Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what happened. And oh my parents my were like, you're going to be okay. Like, you don't even have a credit card. I'm like, I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's only Central Europe. It's just fine. Yeah, it's only Central Nothing Europe. Nothing bad ever happens there. It's, we're, Nothing. We'll be fine. <laughs> Which, you know what? This is hilarious. I ended up finding a flat in central in the center of Prague. Prague's divided into like Prague one, two, three. And I found a flat one and I was like, this seems weirdly familiar, the corner. And then I was going through my pictures a few year a uh, few months later of my tour of Central Europe with all my exchange students. We stayed in a hostel that was just down the street when we went on a Euro tour from where I was living in Prague. And I had like oh my God. drunken photos on that corner. <laughs> it was like very weird Twilight Zone. Wow. Like, That's why it's so familiar. But like strangely in my subconscious, I'm like, I just, I threw up in that alley. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost remember that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is amazing. Now, yep. so when you're in that program, and and I went and checked out some of the roles that you're real and all. It's not all serious roles. There's definitely some comedic stuff in there. Yeah, you know. Okay, people ask me what my wheelhouse is, and I'm like, my wheelhouse is whatever I read and resonates with me, like. I can do, I love comedy because I, I, I like nerd, nerd person was where I started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the roots of my career, you know, <laughs> but I also love like really juicy, meaty roles. Like I'm a, I'm a pretty intense person. So anything that resonates like on the Richter scale of intensity with me is what I play. So I tend to play like either strange aliens in outer space that are like dodging asteroids left and right and trying to save the galaxy or i play like some crazy physical comedic character i, I like i love it all did you do any uh, improvisational work uh, comedic work while you're yeah, at that high school i was always like if there was an improv troupe i was on it um i loved improv improv improvisational comedy is one of my favorite forms of acting. Like, cause you're really out there. Like yeah. you have nothing to rely on, but you have, you have yourself and you have your team. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you're acting, that's all you have too. I mean, sure you have the script and all that stuff, but you have you and you have your team. Yeah. And every, and, everything you have to, you have to accept. There's no, you can't deny yeah. it. It's always yes. And yeah, exactly. And you have to be truthful. Like you cannot, you can't, pardon my language, but you can't bullshit your way through improv. Like it just doesn't work. Exactly. You have to be truthful. You have to be there. You have to be present. And if you're not, it falls flat. I love it. Cause it keeps you honest. It does. And it, it, when you're doing it, you know, it, it keeps you sharp too. And that's, that's, uh -huh. I took improv classes at the DC improv in, in oh, Washington awesome. and I absolutely fell in love with it. And it, I did, yeah. it's funny. I did it to help. I, I write a, a couple of friends of mine are out in L.A. and, and they, one's a producer for Comedy Central and the other, is, his brother's an actor out there. And so I'd write with them and I did it to kind of improve nice. my writing and I ended up falling in love with just with actual improv. And oh my God. Like for me, I'm like, nah, screw writing. I love improv. Like yeah. why would you write when you can just improv, man? Like, exactly. Record it. Exactly. They're like, hey, we got this idea. And I'm like, who needs, uh, we don't need a script. 
We don't, we just, yeah, let's just go ahead. We got people in the room. Let's just do it, man. Just go, go to whoever you sell your stuff to and tell them we don't need a script. We'll just sell, just sell an idea and we'll just go with it. Just give us a lot of money. And it hasn't worked out yet. So I don't know why. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Uh, I know. I know. I, I, I'm not discounting like writing and all that stuff. But my, for me, my style of rehearsal, my style when I'm writing a project is I need to get together with somebody and flow with it. Like I need to, I usually record my conversations and then, even my rehearsal process for auditioning and stuff, it's, I have to go do it with another person and I have to have that free flow, um, like ad lib included in it to, to get it all out there and then bring it back to what it needs to be. But I need to go explore all of that, which is what improv is. Yeah. You just get an idea and you go and you don't, you can't, you can't be, um, judging yourself while you're doing improv. Like it, for me, for me anyway, I, some performers might work well in that zoom in, zoom out. But when I do improv, I just have to be in it in the moment and I have to like just go for it. Like I don't even have to have time to like judge myself as to whether or not it's the right choice. I just go with it. I just react, act, react, you know. That is awesome. I, I yeah. love that. Now, yeah. how, do, how does stunt work find its way into all of this? Yo, so stunt work is the exception to that rule. Stunt work has to be well rehearsed and well prepared for. You don't um, want to improv stunt work. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, for me, <laughs> like, absolutely not. Um, Just so, jump. Hopefully there'll be a, a bag there. Hopefully somebody will catch you. Don't, don't worry. We'll figure it out. Hopefully, like, it'll work out. Just go with Just it. Just do it. We'll, we'll figure it out. Those words with stunts, walk away. <laughs> walk away <laughs> run <laughs> um okay no truthfully the best stunt people i've worked with are also the best actors and the best storytellers because there is that um that well rehearsed i don't like abandon is not the right word but that well rehearsed trust in yourself so you you, you rehearse it so well and you also keep yourself sharp. Like you have to be continually training in stunts in order to be good at it. It's you have to keep your skills sharp. And the best coordinators I've worked with are also the most focused people. Like, but they've also got the ability to just process things at a speed that I cannot even comprehend. They can <laughs> process things and see them simultaneously from every angle. And they know, they just, they know so much. I have so much respect for any stunt coordinator and any high level working stunt person that I've ever met. Like they're the best people to be around because they've got this sense of like, the sense of like, like I've got you okay. and we'll do this together. But they're also like incredible people that are just so brave, but it's not bravery out of like, we'll just do it. It's bravery out of like, I have trained myself into being able to do these incredible human feats you know what i mean yeah it's it's a mixture of a bravery and pure confidence in, in what they're doing and their abilities yeah, but yeah and the confidence is based on like past ability to do these incredible things right right like, like like you know we'll be on set and then this like stunt person will just do a flip on concrete out of nowhere i'm like <laughs> oh my god Jeez. who are you who are you, <laughs> you know? so what kind of stunt work do you end up doing uh, is it that well, kind I'm of stuff tall. so yeah 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 i'm i'm i so 
where my stunt career has taken me so far is uh, I've been doubling for a few actresses around town. And usually, uh, because I'm an actor too, I'm auditioning for these roles, and then somehow I also I just get hired for the stunt double role. Either I get hired for the role, and they hire me as a stunt actor, because they're like, oh, you can do stunts. If the insurance allows, they just <laughs> kind of save. <laughs> I'm like, I come yeah. with the full package. <laughs> um, I'm your one-stop shop. Yeah, but it also depends on the insurance contract. Sometimes insurance for the unions and for and for the production, it, they need a stunt double. Okay. Um, so I've done some wire work on an upcoming uh, Netflix series. I do a lot of prosthetics work. So if the actress is not comfortable in a mask or like whatever other torture device prosthetics <laughs> wants to put on, I'm like, I'll do it. But <laughs> what blind death and thirty pounds on your head? Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'm your girl. <laughs> I live for it. <laughs> yeah, I live for it. I, I do it. I mean, it's fun. I like it. And learning how to do mask work is so cool. Like that's the one thing that uh, Star Trek really taught me is just how to do mask work. That I, I wanted to ask one. you about that particularly because I saw yeah. I saw your character and. I, it it looks like an inside out walnut. I, I don't. <laughs> She's been called everything from like turkey head, chickpea, inside out <laughs> walnut. I haven't heard. <laughs> well, good. It, it, your head's enormous in that thing. It's huge. It's, it's huge. How yeah. long does it take you to to get that done? About thirty seconds. You know why? Because it's a helmet, it pops on and off. Oh my um, gosh, that's yeah, awesome! If you look on my, if you look on uh, one of my Instagram posts, which was a post from uh, one of the producers back in season one, it's just a behind the scenes photo. It's on my Instagram. It's about two lines down. And Hugo, the one of the Emmy winners, um, is holding my head, and I've got my hands up. I'm like, jazz hands. I'm actually doing the Star Trek Spock thing, oh, but you yeah. can't see because my hands are so floppy in the prosthetic. <laughs> I'm just like, this is me attempting. (laughs) But yeah, so he's holding my head and you can see it's like, it's, it's now just a helmet that pops on and off my head. Wow. And it's very heavy and they can't, they like, there is actually a person assigned on set to just hold up my head off (laughs) my neck between takes because it is so heavy. Oh, it's enormous. It's so huge. I have this whole joke about how I really let this roll go to my head. Oh, but it's like, is that just a job now? You go in and you just stick this, what, like 20 pound, 30 pound thing on your head and go to work? Yeah, on, I don't on the know. Bridge? I think, yeah, I think it's actually, I think it's between 12 to 15 pounds. I think that was like the final weigh in of Osnalis. Um, yeah, that's basically like, that's my, that's my bread and butter. So now. you, you got to do a lot of neck work. Yo, my neck time. is so strong. <laughs> neck muscle. <laughs> Especially when we, when we do like the shaking on the bridge. Like I come home, I'm like, yeah, it was another shaky day on the bridge. Like <sighs> the ship, like discovery is being blasted by like asteroids on this side. The 80s like left. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> how many times in the first season were you doing that and you just fell over onto your head oh my god okay so uh, like i've never fallen over on my head but for the first little bit i didn't know how it played and there's this footage of me where like they had 
they had like the AD came to me and was like, okay, Ava, maybe like he was very calm about it because I can't hear much in that. And in the first season, we were all imagine. figuring out how to work together. But there, the AD came to me and he like leaned into me very seriously. He's like, Ava, maybe just like a little less on the back and forth. <laughs> and like now I know he was like, we were in the shuttle to Hamilton somewhere. And he's like, Ava, like we have footage of you. And it was just hilarious like i didn't know what to do and i couldn't see anybody so they're like a comet's hitting and i'm just at the spore drive and i'm like oh my god a comet <laughs> i'm like at a i'm like at a full 15 like death con 5 everything's going down and everybody else is like <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> it's like we don't know how you didn't snap your neck in that thing. Oh. Like your head's whipping back and forth, and you're about to like smash the glass. Oh on That's <laughs> so. Oh, I. I would. Do they release that? I would love to see that. I want to see. Okay, so the uh, the the season two blooper reel. Is coming out this week sometime, so watch for it. I mean, timing and is I awesome. And may or may not be on there doing some pretty impressive stuff. Uh, some amazing neck stunt work. <laughs> neck stunt work, yeah. Hire me just for my neck muscles. <laughs> if there's a stunt coordinator out there, I have the strongest neck in this industry now. It's, it's amazing. It's, um, it's I'll attest to that. So what's yeah. the, what's the worst stunt thing that's happened to you? Is it injury or uh, no? It's just like not getting hired. No, okay. <laughs> the worst the worst stunt thing that's happened to me is just like like honestly, just years of me sending out my package to stunt coordinators that have like you know seemed really gung ho about me and just getting crickets like just yeah. years and I still get that sometimes like I'm. I'm not the most accomplished person and I get I'm like I'm a tall thin framed woman and like you need me or you don't but just like uh, people I'm like really I feel like you know like, <laughs> have you seen Stranger Things where um he goes up and like asks everybody to dance for like with him at oh, yeah. school dance at Snowball yep. and he keeps getting rejected I'm like whoa I'm like going up and asking everybody I'm like wanna dance and they're like no loser <laughs> I can't. I'm intimidated by your neck muscles. I'm like, oh, that's fine. You just clearly don't know who I am. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm on Star Trek. That big into walnut you know person. You know who I think I am? No, it's not that at all. Like, I get it. Stunts, you got to work within your parameter. And there's like very, there's very strict parameters. And they literally either need you or you, they don't. And you yeah. either have the skill set that you, they need or you don't. And I get it. Like, I am what I am and I continue to train and I continue to hone my skills. But if you don't need a five foot 11 girl that can rock prosthetics, that's just not what you need. I get it. I don't know. I don't know who wouldn't need that, like, please answer my emails, guys. <laughs> just even if it's no, just reply. Just reply. <laughs> so if you haven't had a, a really bad stunt experience, what's no, I've been, I've been very lucky. I've only had really good stunt experiences. Like, rehearsals and coordinators and 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 people they've only ever been really good so what's what is your training like first i know with acting you know you can go and and do a lot of acting stuff outside of uh, of movies and tv you know there there's troops you can join and, and things you can do what do you do for stunt work to stay on the top of your yeah. game well it's actually kind of similar um to jump out random windows and shit 
<laughs> yeah, you just like you just find a window and you jump. Yeah. Do not. No, don't do that. Please do not. Uh, no, it's the same. It's like you find people that are in the industry that are working and that are willing to let you take along with them. And you just kind of be nice enough to like be included and you just hitch a ride and like you go work out with them. And usually it's like what I do now is I go train at an open gym every Thursday and it's usually at some sort of gymnastics gym. So usually like if you're in a city, there'll be a gymnastics gym in your area and they'll have an open gym and you can go by yourself. And usually there's a good coach that will teach you the basics of gymnastics or you can take some gymnastics lessons. Um, and it's good because like new school stunts is very acro based and, and by acro, I mean acrobatics. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's like, there tends to be sort of a separation in sense between old school and new school. Okay. And new school is the stuff you see in like all the superhero movies, like all the flips and wire work and falls and stuff, but they have a lot of old school foundational things in them. Like a lot of gun training and a lot of uh, knife training and like falls downstairs and all that other stuff. That's all, that's all old school. Okay. Um, I have seen some of your old school work in <laughs> fangirl fights. <laughs> fangirl fights. I've Are seen some of that. It was you fun. play, you that play was a whole bunch of people in those. Yeah. We, that was uh, with a great stunt performer, Margarita Soldatova, and I. We met through a program, an acting program we were taking. And Paul Neary, he was our wonderful director and, uh, and, and editor and cinematographer man. And we all just got together in like 2016 because we were all kind of starting out in that section of the industry. And uh, we said, let's do something. And we all got really busy. Uh, we, we Fangirl Fights is like... Basically, we just ended up playing characters that we were fans of, like Joker and Batwoman and Catwoman. It was all comic book based. Right. And we would create fights about it. And if you watch the whole series, you'll realize that the whole series is one continuous fight. So the last frame of each episode leads into the first frame of the next episode. Okay. So like if I'm getting punched in the face in the last episode, I'm reacting to that punch in the next episode and then it continues. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I, I think I watched a few of them out of sequence. Yeah. Too, so that, it's, it's YouTube that stuff. Like, it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> watching, that, like, watching that out of sequence mm-hmm. is not recommended then. Well, you could like they, they're standalone sequences, but I, we recommend watching them in sequence. <laughs> That's just something we were putting up when we were starting out because we wanted like we had some time and we wanted to train. And Margarita was a very um, accomplished figure skater in the Ukraine where she came from. And she was here in Canada getting her footing. And she was a lot further ahead in stunts than I was at the time. And she still is. She works predominantly as a stunt performer now. Okay. Uh, which she's quite successful and I commend her. She was actually my stunt double in an upcoming movie that I'm one of the leads in called EFC movie. It's an MMA fight film where yeah. it did as much. As the, yeah. And that's one of those examples where like insurance would not allow me to do all my own stunts. Oh, and I okay. did as, like I was, I was capable of doing the stunts, but because of insurance, I needed to have a stunt double. Okay. So Margarita stepped in and she was great. She's an amazing performer. And I met some of my best, um, like, colleagues in the industry through that film and that I still work with and still see around. And that's coming out early 2020. And what? tell me a little bit about what that film is about. 
Yeah. It's a, it's about the tagline for the movie is it's not just another fight. It's the fight for everything. And it's all about female MMA, which is female mixed martial arts. And it follows the story of my sister in the film, Cassidy Jones and her rise through amateur um, boxing to like the big leagues, the championship. And uh, my character is her sister. And I started the whole legacy, like, uh, and I started this whole um, kind of level of MMA called EFC Excelsius fight championships. Okay. In the movie. It's and it's all about like, you know, going through the hero's journey, self doubt, doubt from other people, not knowing if you're good enough, wanting to be good enough, training hard, like going through all of that stuff and everything you have to push through in any journey that we want to get to the top. Well, and it comes out in 2020, you said. Yeah, yeah, in 2020 is just in uh, post-production right now. We shot it earlier this year. Oh, awesome, awesome. And I, I've I've seen some of the other things that you're w- working on and hoping you can give me a little bit more information about. Um, I did see the bulldog effect. Can you, what is yeah. that? So the bulldog effect is a proof of concept for a series that we shot earlier this year right now. Uh, it, earlier this year, and it's going through uh, post-production as well right now. And we shot it with an amazing team of people. Uh, Danny Aboni, who also worked with me on uh, Jupiter's Legacy, is uh, our stunt coordinator in that. Asante Tracy, who's also in uh, Mouthpiece by Patricia Rosella. He okay. is my he's my uh, co-star and also the writer and creator of The Bulldog Effect. And um, we have a bunch of people from Hand- Handmaid's Tale and Star Trek working on all the post-production stuff in it right now. So it's a wow. it's a sci-fi series that we're currently pitching. So if anybody out there wants to fund a fi- sci-fi series, hey, uh, there we go. <laughs> it's, about, it's it's just essentially again about the the struggle to be human in a world that would condition you to conform and and be something other than yourself. So it's 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 a post-apocalyptic world, a dystopian world that takes these humans with potential to um, protect the elite and trains them and brains and brainwashes them into being these these killing machines, oh, these wow. bulldogs. And we like, I, I mean, we I I love bull, like the actual dogs, bulldogs. I love them. I know that they can be <laughs> the most loving creatures on the planet, but they can also be the most vicious yeah and this isn't tied to any sort of actual bulldog effect the bulldog is tied to something that we've created in the universe of our show which is the bulldog effect turning these soldiers into bulldogs these humans into bulldog soldiers with through nanotechnology and human augmentation um man this sounds awesome yeah no it's it's really awesome i really believe in this concept and we're working hard to pitch it it's in final stages of post-production and we're looking at like pitching it further next year okay and it's something that's really shaped my life even if it only lives as this proof of concept having gone through this process of being the character of angelica and going on that journey some characters really affect you and angelica is just one of those characters that's really gotten into me oh wow and really affected me you know do you have a, a, a role in the production besides actor yeah like i hooked them that was one of those shows where i came on as sort of like an associate producer i hooked them up with the studio i brought a bunch of the post-production team on board i brought a bunch of the production team on board 
Um, I was in talks for months before they cast me. And, you know, I still, we still, like, we have our core team of Asante, Roman, Avalon, and I were, the, like, the core four. Okay. Who are now, like, the main, at the moment, we're sort of the main producers and the main decision makers on it. But um, that's just until we get a studio attached. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds awesome. I, I looked up the Facebook page and, and saw some of the, the images on there. And from after what you're telling me, I've... I like sci-fi. Yeah, I'm a little particular about it, and but this sounds like something that I'd get into. So I'm, I would Thank love you. to see. Thank you. Oh this. my god! Like tell your friends and stuff. It's 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 really just at this stage. It's it's we're keeping the cards like close to our chest, but it's mm -hmm. just because we're shopping it around right now, and we want we don't want to put too much out into the world until whoever is helping us make it make it into the universe that it can be. We don't, we don't want to put too much out into the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we want like whoever's going to be ultimately helping us to decide that we want them to have final say, but like this project did the same thing to me that it did to you where I like, as soon as I heard about it, I was like, excuse me, what? Like, tell me more. I want yeah. to know more. Like, I'm hungry for that. I want, I want to know about that universe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I'll definitely keep you posted. Oh yeah. And, and I'm, following you on Facebook and I recommend everybody who's into sci-fi check it out on, on Facebook uh, where else where else is, is that will be updates on that be that's a uh, horrible sentence you can sentence. find it on Instagram uh, Bulldog Effects uh, you can find it tagged on my stuff I'm at Ava underscore Blackwell A-V-A-A-H underscore Blackwell B-L-A-C-K-W-E-L-L -L. all of the main updates will be on my page first and then Bulldog Effects page because okay. we've we've taken the domain name, but again, like we don't want to put too much out on social media until we have the main funders. But no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, honestly, like if anybody's interested to know more about the project, wants to hear about it, just get in touch with me. Awesome. Now you're doing some really cool roles right now with with uh, the the EFC movie, the Bulldog Effect, and uh, Star Trek. You, you don't always get these awesome roles. What's Yo. what is the worst role that you've had to endure to get to this <laughs> point? Oh my god, I've had so many terrible <laughs> roles. Like, jeez. <laughs> what is is there one that sticks out to you as like I uh, that was the worst experience I've ever had? Whether it's it, it's a horrible script or it, it's just the experience on you know, producing it. Is there anything that sticks out as just an awful experience or, or uh, I will just, I will say this like, okay, I wish somebody would have told me as a young actress that you just don't have to say yes to everything. And like, please say no, if you don't want to do it, just <laughs> say no, just say no, walk away. There will be other opportunities. Um, but I do want to say this to any young, like reasonably, like, I'm just uh, any young female or any young person that is in Central Europe or anywhere in the world. <laughs> if you show up to an audition and it looks strangely like a, 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 an R rated or triple X rated <laughs> adult film, walk away. <laughs> just because the producer tells you they're a producer or a director in a bar does not mean it's a reality. <laughs> So I wish somebody would have told me that Prague was the porn capital of Europe before I started going to film school there. <laughs> I have never, I have never been in a porn movie. I've never, like, I've never done anything like that. 
But there were quite a few auditions that I showed up, uh, quote unquote auditions that yeah. I showed up to and turned around and walked right out the door. It became a joke between me and all the other actresses in Prague. We were like, oh, did you go to another audition? Yeah. <laughs> audition with quotation marks in the air. We're like, yep. Oh, guys, I just showed up to another fun Audition, right? Like, oh my god! We called it the saloon doors because, like, you walked in and you turned around and you walked right back out. <laughs> so, if you go to an audition and it's just a couch, just leave. Yeah, no. There was also like a certain smell in the air where you're like, okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm good here. Bye, guys. <laughs> Looking in my research, I find you are fluent in Dutch, intermediate German, basic French, and Czech. So, I would imagine yeah. you might need to get a little bit better at at check when you yeah no no, no. I, I they probably told me all this like in check yes. <laughs> yelling in my ear <laughs> and i was like uh-huh uh-huh sure. like just a young what time and they're like ka-ching they see dollar signs uh-huh. in their eyes but meanwhile i didn't understand that they were like like giving me the fine print um in check rather than in english just because they didn't or couldn't or didn't want to say it in english yeah, they, uh, yeah. My, if my check was better, maybe I would have not wasted so much time. <laughs> but also in Prague, it's not so like the women had a more nonchalant uh, attitude about it in general. So, oh, really? So, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not as frowned upon in Europe in general. This is how it was when I lived there. It could be different now because it could be more westernized. But violence the, the the values in culture and like violence and sex were reversed there like so we in north america accept violence more mainstream than we accept sex right yeah. which do yeah. and in europe it was the opposite way around like if they were watching saber private ryan and seeing all of the like just murder and all that other stuff that was happening in this war movie they would walk out way more offended than if they were watching you know some very gratuitous Lars von Trier sex movie, right. you know? Oh, um, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. no, they had a, a much, in, in some ways, a much healthier attitude towards sex and sexuality in Europe um, and much more fluid. They're ahead of us in a lot of ways in that respect. And uh, violence, they kind of abhor it a little bit. I think because World War One and Two affected them a lot more. Well, yeah. You know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. They, they were on the front lines of it. So they really, they really don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. The scars are still there. I mean, you can still see the, the battlefields like, you know, they're, they're yeah. still. I mean, Auschwitz is still there. Yeah. Uh, I visited a few different concentration camps in the Czech Republic and it's, it's, it's jarring yeah. to you as an individual. You can feel that. You can feel it walking up to it. I didn't know what it was. And I was like, this is like you just know walking up even if you don't know like and then you see the gates and you see every and you're like oh my god yeah. this is what this is but you can feel it you can feel the energetic field of it walking I be- up there. i believe that yeah so i saw also that when you're not acting and you know jumping out windows and modeling <laughs> and you do work for the uh, toronto international film festival and sundance film festival yeah what kind of work do you do for those organizations I do a lot of um, uh, logistic and managerial work for them. So at the at Sundance, I'm the assistant manager for the Ray Theater. Okay. Uh, which just, I mean, it's an amazing opportunity. I love working for these film festivals because 
it's a platform for so many voices to, sh- to, to, to be shown, to be heard, to be seen. Yeah. Um, and it's just a great feeling to be part of it. And, uh, for TIFF, every year is different with them. Um, they kind of place me where they need me. Uh, this year I was the red carpet liaison for, uh, their corporate sponsors, Bell and RBC oh, cool. at uh, Roy Thompson Hall. Yeah. So I worked with, with everybody and helped to get different stars on the carpet and helped to make sure that everybody that was attending, that was a corporate sponsor was very happy with their experience. <laughs> uh, and then I think, which was actually like, it's easy. You're, yeah. you're at TIFF. There's like, we, we did the premiere for Joker and for, I mean, Joker's oh. the one that stood up to me because uh, I was like, oh, my God, it's walking Phoenix. And Edward Norton, like, made a surprise. Like, Edward Norton walked up on the red carpet in, like, his Nikes and jeans. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> do it. It was, like, the ultimate boss move. He was just, like, That's in the area. Awesome. He decided to, like, surprise them. That is And Bradley Cooper awesome. and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it was a cool experience. A friend of mine actually did the ADR for Joker. Really? Yeah. Wow, what a film to do ADR for! Like, ooh, yeah. wow. Yeah, she's been. She, actually, she's on the podcast uh, twice. So, uh, cool. Look at uh, well, the first time she was on, she was actually working on the film. She couldn't tell me anything about it. She's like, yeah. "Oh, I'm just on a big project." She's like, "You'll know what it is soon when and it then, comes out." Yeah. yeah. And then she came on a second time to talk about movie sequels. We did a whole episode on just movie sequels. Uh, her name is Kira Rossler. <laughs> She, okay, uh, I'll check her out. Yeah, she did the. Uh, she played bass for the punk band Black Flag back in the eighties. Yo, I know Black Flag. Yeah, Kira's Kira's oh a God. friend of mine. That's awesome. Yeah, she's been I on the show twice. Bass for a hot minute, and then I gave it up. Oh man. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay. So let me uh, let me pull up my paperwork here because I did see a few things here, and if I can find the right page, I will mention here because this is I was where the hell's my page. You had a lot of... Uh, oh, wait, here it is. Okay. You had a lot of stuff here as far as your performance skills. Um, performance in motion capture. Yeah. Your soprano. You play yeah. oboe, alto, and uh, baritone sax, and the djembe. Is that... Am I the djembe, yeah. Djembe. Like, uh, yeah, African hand drums. I don't put bass on there because, like, I can do... And piano. Like, there's other instruments that I can play, like, chords and... Like, if you give it to me, I can follow along. Yeah. In, but I'm not, like, proficient. You know what I mean? See, and bass is one of those one of those instruments that I always wanted to be so good at. Like, I love Flea, and I love <laughs> Yakko Pistorius. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Wooten. Like, I love, I like, I, I'm like an aspirational bass player where I just wish I could sit down and be like... Oh, my gosh. Like, but I can't. I never was able to. So, oh, man. You, 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 know, like, you need to check out... Amazing. You need to check out some of the old episodes of the podcast because I've had some amazing bassists on, like uh, Scott Reeder from Caius. Oh. oh, yeah! I need to check it out. I need to check it out. Oh yeah, uh, check- bass players are like—they're just such chill people, but they're so good. Oh. Like you know what I mean? Oh, I know, I know. I gotta pull up, see who else I had. Oh, oh uh, uh, Trey Gunn from King Crimson was on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, you've had some really quality people on this podcast. It's no joke. I'm, I'm really this. honored to be part of this. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, and if you, wow. if, if you like old punk, I had Don Zintera on from Inner Ear Studios. He he uh, recorded Minor Threat, uh, Fugazi, oh, cool. uh, Yo. Uh, all kinds of uh, Bad Brains. 
Uh, let's see. I had uh, Annette Zelinskis. She currently plays bass for the Bengals, but she's she played bass for them in the early 80s before they hit. She also sings for the band Medicine. Uh, let's see. Yeah, man. I got to remember the, all these bass players. There's people on this podcast. Oh, man. It's, it's a blast. I love doing this show. This whole podcast is it's great. I met some amazing people. Check it out. I don't know if you listen to a lot of podcasts or not, but I've had some awesome yeah. people on, like uh, Alan uh, Alan Johannes, who's played with Soundgarden, um, yes. Queens of the Stone Age, John Paul amazing. Jones from Led Zeppelin, uh, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. His daughter is a photographer. I had her on. Um, what? Yeah. Oh my god! How um, do you have access to these people? This is amazing. Like I shouldn't. You're you're a great interviewer. By <laughs> oh, the way. thank you. Really like keep going with this, but. Thank you like, very much. That's amazing. The fact that you just have access to those people. And then and then it's like, no wonder, because you're such a great person to talk to. It's a beautiful <laughs> gift. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I just, it's it, throwing enough shit against the wall. Some of it sticks. And, and some of the yeah, really, well, really cool people, I don't know, they just decided, yeah, why not? Um, God, I'm, try, I'm scrolling through right now trying to see who else. Uh, I don't know if you like the band Failure, but I've had Kelly Scott from Failure on. Um, cool. uh, let's see. Awesome Canadian band, Blinker the Star. Jordan Zadarazzi has been on. He's a good friend of mine now. So, um, cool. See, um, I'm trying to think of who else I've had on recently that hasn't been released yet. I'll, I'll text you the link. Check out. Check it out. Yeah, in the, cool. Check, I'll check them out. Let me know what you, what you like and what you don't like because I'm always looking for feedback. Feedback is so hard to get. I know. It's hard to get. I know. I'm like, I go to every audition and they're like, uh-huh, great. Thanks, next. I'm like, but was it great? Please <laughs> tell me. <laughs> exactly. I, how am I going to get any better if nobody says, well, this is great, but this is dumb. Yeah, no. And that's going back to my year as a Rotary Youth Ambassador. The Dutch are so dialed in on that. Oh, really? Such a great audience. Like, they're so great to have as friends and people as an audience. You know, a lot of people, a lot of artists will go perform in the Netherlands because they're such an honest audience that they will let you know if you were good or if you were shit. Wow. Like, they'll let you know honestly. Not and, and if you were bad, they're not holding it against you. They're just like, we didn't like this. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be like, I don't like your shirt. But not in a mean way. It's just like in a way that states like, I don't like your shirt. If you like your shirt, that's great. But I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? Hey, that's awesome. Okay, great, thanks. <laughs> and, Thank you. Uh, oh, one of the guys I had on recently that, that was really cool is, uh, I don't know if you listen to, I don't, obviously don't know what you listen to, but there's one, one of my favorite uh, artists that's of all time. Well, one of my favorite artists of all time is, is out of Canada. There's a guy named Devin Townsend. I fucking love Devin Townsend. Oh, yeah. He's in Vancouver. He used to be the guitar player for Steve Vai. Yeah, he's he, so amazing. Oh, I love Devin. I love Devin. I love Devin. Well, it, so you know about his Devin Townsend project, and yes, I had. Um, let's see, I've had uh, the one of the singers from Devin Townsend project uh, and Casualties of Cool album he did. Uh, mm-hmm. Che uh, Ami Dorval mm-hmm. had her on. Um, amazing oh I had God that amazing people on I had his drummer uh, Ryan Van Puderoyen on and I uh, just had his his uh, synth guy uh, Mike St. John on I haven't that one's not out, not really? out yet but yeah okay so, can't wait for it to be out oh I can't I can't I, wait I, for I the tour I cannot believe you had Devin Townsend on your podcast like out of everything. well I haven't had Devin yet I haven't had Devin okay, yet I've, get Devin. I've reached out to him and he's like he told me hey go um, 
here's here's the management. You know Go tell him you had Ava Blackwell. <laughs> you won't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, so Ava Blackwell was on my podcast. She's in Toronto. You better you, get you, on here. Uh, she's got neck muscles you wouldn't believe. <laughs> This girl but, flying through space. She's in the Delta Quadrant right now. Exactly. You, you've no idea. I mean, she looks like an inside-out walnut. But man, don't let that throw you. But see, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a, one of the one of the cool things. I had Shay on really early on in the podcast, and she Devin's really hard to get up with. He's so busy. He's always working on new. Such projects. a busy guy. Like he's so busy. He's always he's creating like, music. So dedicated to his craft yeah and it's so the closest i got was was i sent him a message said hey i want to get you on the podcast he said here's the management team go contact them if they say it's cool i'll do it i contacted them and they say well we've got other people that we need to do deal with first i'm like uh, keep okay. out man perseverance so, is like the the first the first thing oh yeah yeah so but chase said well I can't get you Devin, but I can get I can hook you up with uh, another guy that I'm working with, Bob Rock, who nice. Who, yeah, he was with uh, uh, Rock and Hyde, and he also produced Metallica's uh, Black Album mm-hmm. all the way through Saint Anger. Played bass with him, so I had Bob Rock on, and uh, that was that's cool. That was awesome. So, you know, one of my best memories as a as a as a as an actor, you tend to do a lot of time bartending, and I used to bartend in the Czech Republic. Oh and God. one of my tips, yeah, at Hard Rock Cafe, and which was a great gig. It was wow. one of my favorite gigs, but also least favorite because I had to deal with a bunch of abuse from the Czech staff. Anyway, <laughs> one time, <laughs> one guy through one of my regulars, an American, uh, came, and his name was Scott Ray. And Scott, we've lost touch, but if you are listening, get back in touch with me. He <laughs> tipped me. He like He's just one of those guys that would come in and double the bill like as my tip. I was like, nice. thanks, dude. And he's like, okay. Double the bill, but also here's an artist pass for Sonosphere, which is like a big rock festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, come with me. Come with me. Like, I don't have anybody in Prague to go with me. Come with me. Uh, so I'm like, cool. I'm like 20. I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's an artist pass. So Man. I get in the... His, like, he picks me up in this black Mercedes, this limo, and we just go around. And I'm like, oh, are we going in the gates? He's like, no, we go in the artist entrance. And then... I meet all of the rock stars, all of the people, everybody from like my favorite bands, Volbeat wow. and um, Maynard was there. Oh, he wasn't wow. performing, but Maynard James Keenan was there. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, God, Tool's my favorite band. But oh. um, we were guests of Metallica that night wow. at, because Scott had donated to a bunch of like Lars's daughter's things. And I got pictures with Lars and Kirk and uh, the bass player. Oh, my God. What's his name? Oh, Robert Trujillo. Yes. Thank you. And uh, we got to meet all, the whole band. We watched the whole set from Lars's cockpit. Oh, and uh, like just got to hang out with everybody afterwards. It was really, really, really fun. That's awesome. And then I took them afterwards. I took them all on like a tour of all the best like bars of the czech republic because all the best places to throw up they had their they had their their list from their management but of course they didn't want to go to all those places so we went (laughs) into the like we hit the places that they needed to hit and then i was like let me actually show you Prague." Prague? (laughs) these are the best places to throw up yeah basically i'm like that alley right there 
Oh man! But, you know what? I had all those photos, but then Scott had the camera. It was at the time where you had like those Kodak, like um, digital cameras. Yeah. That, like, and he lost the camera that night. I was like, "Oh, oh dude, no. you lost the camera! What the fuck?" Anyway, oh man! That's like one of my best, best worst stories. Like, I I have this amazing memory with like Lars and everybody, but I have no proof of it. Oh man, that <laughs> so it's sucks. Just my own. It's just my own memory. Up in my in my closet, I still have the sign. The only proof I have is I have the signed drum head that some really uh, generous guy gave us. He gave us all Sabian drum heads. Oh, wow. And we got it signed by all the members of Metallica. And I have my pass, my artist pass, and I have that drum head. That it's is like, awesome. I brought it with me everywhere, yeah. So let me ask you where can people find out about the projects that you're doing because you sound like you're doing basically a, a lot the of best stuff. place of yeah i know i do a lot of stuff and i would love to say that it's all premeditated but it's really usually just based on like the opportunities that in, are in front of me that happen to work <laughs> that's, out like, that's great though yeah um so the best place to find out about it is on my instagram because that's where i put everything okay. facebook it usually makes it there um too so you can follow me but Instagram's like the first place to hit. So that's again at Ava, A V A A H underscore Blackwell, B L A C K W E L L. And it's the same on every other social media platform. Uh, Ava Blackwell on Twitter, Ava Blackwell on Facebook. And that's A V A A H B L A C K W E L L. Just remember Ava, like you're screaming at the end, like Ava. See, there you go. And once you get it, once it, you you can't miss it. No, like no, you can't miss it. <laughs> Ava Blackwell. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. do you have any upcoming projects uh, besides Bulldog Effect? Uh, that's and and the the, the MMA movie that's yeah, coming. Yeah, well, I do have a Lifetime movie out right now that I've Ooh. actually been nominated for a few awards for, and it's playing on it's on Lifetime right. Now. And now it's called uh, Deadly Influencer. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, awesome. I played Doreen Madison on that on that movie, and I don't know whether or not I will win the award, but I've been nominated. Awesome. Be nominated is an honor. So we'll see if I, I I win. You'll find out in a few months. What is, what is that movie about? Uh, it's about social media, and it's about the like it's about how uh, if like it's about the illusion of social media and the illusion of people going after it and that's what i try to like portray on my social media too like if you want if you look at my um if you look at my like feed on instagram it's all pretty polished but if you watch my story it's pretty honest about my journey and stuff i try to put like whatever is permanent i want it to be hi like highlights okay things that look polished and whatever but if you watch my story i'm pretty honest about like what i go through as an artist it's not glamorous you know yeah. <laughs> the outcome is glamorous but the uh the the process usually is not as an artist there's nothing which glamorous i like i love that grit and i love that passion and and deadly influencer is essentially about like the things you need to be careful of on the internet and and making us realize and making a younger generation realize that like true community is and true friends are actually people being together in a room right. it's not like the internet is wonderful because it connects people like you and I, you're in Virginia. I'm in Toronto. We may never actually hang out in a room together. I would love to, but like, <laughs> Me too. you know, 
like, I'm going to get this version of you and you're going to get this version of me. You don't actually know what our day-to-day lives are. You don't know how I make coffee in the morning or vice versa, right? Exactly. Friends, you get that tactile, visceral experience with them. And that's an actual community. And Deadly Influencer really addresses that issue. That's- I think it's a... I think it's a cool movie. It's like, it's quite deep, you know? And that's, so it's Lifetime, and that's out now. People can watch that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that's out now. That's on uh, Lifetime, so you can check it out. It stars uh, Morgan Taylor Campbell, who does a, an amazing job as my cousin and the and one of the leads, uh, Skylar. And Abby Ross, she does an amazing job as well. And Dudex in the film. Um, and Kira Graves, who actually got, uh, Kira Graves has a, a small role in that movie, but she actually got another huge Lifetime movie after that, and she is a recurring on, uh, Grand Army now, a new Netflix series that's just about to come out. Oh, cool. So it gave a lot of people, like, a younger generation their start in Spalia. That is awesome. Well, I'm going to keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully I'll win my award for that movie. That'd be cool. Exactly. Then we can have you on again and we can talk about what it feels like to to, to win that. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, you know, whatever else we want to talk about. So Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending time. I know I've I've kept you for almost an hour now. I thank you. I really appreciate all the time you spent with us. Me. Thank you. No, well, with you now and with your audience later. Exactly. Now as they're listening to it. Hi, guys. Um... Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Like, I've kept you for almost an hour as well. But oh, my thank problem. you so much. I really, I like, I love the questions you asked. I love talking about all this stuff. And I really look forward to checking out some of your other episodes. Like I said, you really have some cool people on this, uh, on, on, on your podcast. Awesome. Thank you. That's all staying in the podcast, by the way, when, when I edit it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, there's nothing else just ava saying you have great people on this podcast listen to every other episode i'm just gonna yeah i'm just gonna edit it it's gonna be an hour of this is great thank you great questions awesome this is great <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, thank you so much i know i've taken up a whole bunch of your time thank you so That's much okay. yeah, yeah i'm taking up a bunch of yours too thank you so much for for having me on the show thank you for interviewing me and thank you for this wonderful opportunity It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 